Welcome to the Agency Blueprint Podcast, the show for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling a truly profitable agency, reducing stress, and getting your personal life back. I'm Robert Patton, international best-selling author, business coach, and contract CFO for creative agencies. Really quick before we jump into the show today, I have a gift for you. If you're an agency owner and you want to know how to structure your lead gen, sales, and operations in a simple, streamlined manner that is less headache and way more profitable, then I want to give you my latest book called The Agency Blueprint. It's free for you when you go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash ebook. If you're not happy with your agency performance, then this book is for you. You can also grab the link for the book in today's show notes. Thanks. And now for the show. Today, we have Marcel Petipal. He is the CEO and co-founder of Parakeeto, a software company that helps agencies increase profitability by generating accurate data-driven estimates in seconds using their existing time tracking data. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marcel. It's a pleasure to be here, Robert. Always fun when we get to chat. Absolutely. Uh, so today, we wanted to chat about uh, estimation, obviously, with you being the expert in this particular area. I wanted to just open up the question of why is estimation so important for agencies and how does it create impact? Yeah, well, the way we look at agency operations, which is really kind of the scope of our expertise as a firm, is that it's hard to build an operation system in your agency without having a, a good way of forecasting what it's going to take to get client work done. And that comes down to you know what time horizon it's going to happen on, how much, much time is going to be required the different ways that you might segment that time. So it might be by person, by role, by skill type, by task. Um, without a solid set of assumptions about that, if you think about what operations really is, it's a way to try and look forward in the business. It's very hard to do that because the foundation is essentially very shaky. So when it comes to forecasting resources, project plans, resource planning, um, any kind of margin protection, you need to have good estimation as the base before you can really do a good job of building those systems internally. So that's why we tend to spend a lot of time on estimation when we work with clients. And it's a big part of the technology solutions that we've built are focused around helping make estimation more accurate. I mean, absolutely. I think it's so incredibly important to have estimating be accurate. Um, One of the things that I tend to see in this industry a ton is that agency owners are looking just to generating sales and Ultimately, if you don't have a base foundation for the right pricing model for your agency and you're not profitable with the projects that you're currently selling, Mm. selling more is actually going to cause more damage rather than good. That's right. Yeah, we we refer to that as indigestion versus starvation. And we see clients all the time coming to us saying, oh, we're, we're not very profitable. We need more sales. We need more sales. And then we realize, no, actually, you're selling lots of stuff. It's just really messing up the operations of your agency because of all the reasons that you mentioned. I like that. I might steal that. <laughs> so what, what um, mistakes do you tend to see agencies making while going through scoping and estimation? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch, um, but I'm going to break it down into kind of two big ones. So the first is a data problem. The estimation process is not leveraging historical data in any way to essentially fact check are the assumptions that we're making about a project Uh, consistent with what has historically been true about our projects. And the reason I think a lot of people don't do that is not because 
they don't think about it. Almost everyone that we talk to when we ask them what could be improved about your estimation process mentioned, we'd like to be using more of our historical data. The reason they're not doing it is because that seems really simple, but it actually tends to be very hard. The reason it's very hard is because your data needs to be clean and it needs to be structured in a way that's similar enough to the way that you structure estimates in order for that reconciliation to be easy. And nine out of 10 times that we work with a client, we open up their time tracking tool, we open up one of their estimates, things look very different. The estimate might say something like, okay, we have a contract with this client. Within that, we have two deliverables. Within each deliverable, we have um, all of our hours bucketed in terms of role. So design, project management, um, et cetera. And then we go into the time tracking tool and it's 300 random tasks called something like wireframes, V2, uh, copywriting, edits. Um, and when we pull a timesheet, that's the, that's the naming convention there. And when we're asking the question, okay, well, what is, what is design hours? How much design time did we spend? It's very hard for us to answer that question unless we spend a whole bunch of time cleaning up that data. And of course, when you run an agency, you've got client fires to put out millions of other things that are more important. And so you won't spend the two hours answering that question in the spreadsheet. You'll just ignore it, move on to the next project, and it'll never get done. So there's a data structure problem that I think leads to this lack of data being involved in estimation. Um, so that's kind of the first half of it. Yeah, I mean, bad data in is going to be bad data out. One of the, the things that I also think is really important in this particular area is making sure that your financial statements, so ideally being able to reconcile your sales budgets to your financials in the end and being able to do budget versus actuals at the end of the project. So even having your time data to your sales budgets and your estimations to your financial statements, actually directly having and following the same type of reporting structure to allow for you to be able to have that information transfer from one type of reporting to another is sort of exactly what you're talking about, making sure that you have all the information in multiple different places and data is, is really important to being able to leverage and being able to grow and improve. Absolutely. And so the, the solution there, of course, it, again, it sounds very simple. It can be very nuanced, but it's simply sitting down and saying, okay, what is the way that we structure our assumptions in an estimate? Does that make sense? You know, check if that actually makes sense because that, that might be kind of an arbitrary decision that got made at some point in time uh, when a client was like, cool, can you get us a proposal by three o'clock this afternoon? And therein was the moment that you created the template that's been used ever since and there was not really any thought put into it. So be thoughtful about the structure and then go and check your tools to see, can we get the data in these tools structured in a way where it can be reconciled against this estimate? Very simple exercise um, and the first step to getting that part solved. The second part of this is a little bit more nuanced, but it's a question of process. So a lot of times we're bad at estimating because we're bad at making assumptions. We're bad at making assumptions because we don't use data. But there is also the reality that a lot of the things we're trying to make assumptions about are just not that well defined to begin with, right? So the scope of something is not that well defined. The process that we use is not well, that well defined. Maybe it's changing all of the time. So a big part of closing the gap from the other side is actually building better, clearer process for the things that we sell, the things that we deliver, how we do that, which should essentially start to close the gap on estimation from both ends. From one side, you'll have data, it's helping inform decisions. And on the other side, you have process, which if you thought about this on a graph, the process is gonna push the data points closer to an average line because it's gonna place barriers on how much variability you're likely to see in that type of engagement because you've more clearly defined how it's going to happen and who's involved in all of those interesting things. So there's a data side and then there's more of a process side, but those are kind of the two key elements from our perspective of building a scalable estimation process that becomes more accurate every time you do a project. I mean, preach, man. 
you're hitting all the <laughs> issues with this with this uh, this industry, right? Is that you have people not really having a very clear understanding of what the scope is, and really, I think at the crux of that problem is agency owners are trying to sort of take orders from their clients, so their scopes of work are changing so much from one project to another, and they are not very clear on their offer. So, being clear on your offer, being clear on your process, being clear on what your scope of work is is so incredibly important to being able to even have this data in the first place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So really it comes down to like, we have this uh, agency profitably flywheel that we talk about, but it comes down to connecting those two sides through four steps. So the first step of course is structuring your estimates in a way that's consistent and clean and can, and makes sense relative to your business model. The second step is measuring the actuals that should create your first feedback loop. Are things happening the way that we expected them to? If not, Let's bring that into the second part of this framework, which is let's have reports and meetings happening on a regular cadence. So most people think of this in terms of project retroactives, but if you run more of like a retainer shop or you run maybe a digital marketing shop where you're, you've got monthly engagements with your clients, that might just be biweekly or monthly meetings where we're sitting down with the team, we're looking at the report and we're saying, okay, this project was amazing. We thought it was gonna take 100 hours, we did it in 50. How do we achieve that team? What do we do differently? What can we learn from this and apply to other projects? And similarly, this project over here was a complete dumpster fire. What happened? What did we miss? Do we need to change the way we estimate? Was there something about our process that needs to be changed? And that leads into process improvements. If we're doing those two things, then over time, um, all of these things should start to improve. The processes should start to improve. The data should start to get more reliable. And that does a lot of really good things. Of course, it makes our estimates better. And we've talked about the reasons why that's good, but it also should start to remove senior staff as a bottleneck in the estimation process, which we see a lot in agencies where the only person that can really sprinkle that last little bit of magic fairy dust on the uh, estimate is the project manager that's been there for 10 years and has just seen enough that their gut is good at this. But of course, if that project manager gets an offer from Netflix to go make twice as much money working half the hours, riding to work on a Segway, eating catered lunches, which you know we've been seeing happening a lot this year, then what happens there? The bottom falls out of your estimation process. So we add a lot more resilience and scalability by making it more objective in this way also. 100%. Um, the, the thing that I want to wanna hit on, and I want to actually go back to your flywheel in a moment because you've piqued my interest, but one of the things that I see happen so incredibly frequently is that you agency owners and agencies may not even have some of this base data. So if you come into an agency to try to help them with this estimating process and they don't have any data, they're not tracking this information, which I see happen very mm -hmm. frequently, what would your advice yeah. be to an agency that's in that type of situation? Yeah, so um, the first question is asking why they don't have any of that data. And most of the time it's gonna come down to time tracking. Um, agencies are in two camps. They either believe that they should be tracking time or they don't. Um, I have a very strong opinion on this. I don't think the timesheets are necessary, but I do think that tracking time is necessary and that might catch a lot of people off guard. But yes, there are other ways of tracking time that don't involve timesheets. However, it's not easy to get there. That takes very intentional operational design, but there should be some way of measuring did what we expect to happen actually happen. And so it's sitting down to evaluate their business model, get an understanding of, okay, what do you do? What do you sell? How do you structure your teams? How many different projects are people resourced on at any given moment? Um, and then what is the best way for us to start capturing time? Um, and the ideal scenario is one of two things, in my opinion. Either the team does spend a lot of time in the project management tool. And so if we can layer um, time tracking into the project ma management tool directly, what that allows us to do 
is capture a lot of really rich metadata on a time entry, so a lot of information essentially about a time entry in the project management tool without making an extremely complex time tracking tool uh, setup. So an example of this is like, let's imagine you've got a project management tool over here and then you have Harvest uh, set up separately and people log into Harvest and enter their time manually. Well, if you wanted to know how much time it took for them to complete the subtask on a task within a deliverable, within a phase, within a contract, you're setting up a very, very complex schema inside of Harvest that's going to require a lot of clicking around. Your compliance is going to be crappy. Your team's not going to know where to put their time. They're going to be confused. You're going to end up with really bad data. However, if the team's in the project management tool and they've already set up the project that way and all they have to do is click on the task and say, this took me an hour to do, then you take all of the friction out of getting super rich time tracking data. So that's like the ideal scenario if you can, if you're already really good at working in a project management tool and your team's already used to that and you can just layer the project management um, data into time tracking, that's a great scenario. The other best case scenario is what we call centralized time tracking. So this is where your team is working generally on two or less clients at a time. And what that should allow you to do is use your resource planning as the source of truth for time tracking. Because with that level of complexity, your project manager can take care of tracking time on behalf of their team of six, eight, maybe 10 people by just checking in with them a few times a week, updating the resource plan and saying, did you spend more or less time than what we agreed to? Was your allocation slightly different than this? And that should be materially close enough to where your team doesn't have to use timesheets, but you still get an accurate enough record to provide valuable feedback on the estimation process and also inform other KPIs you might be tracking internally like utilization rates, average billable rates, et cetera. So those would be the two ways that I would approach time tracking ideally. But at the end of the day, it's just like, what are you putting on your estimate? Make sure you have some way of figuring out if that happened or not. That's really all it is. I mean, I think you know from us getting to know each other, which camp I am in this time <laughs> tracking idea right but yes you're 100 right there's definitely two camps here and if you're in listeners if you're in the camp non-time tracking you need to be time tracking as marcel definitely just very clearly outlined and there's many ways to go about it and be careful in sort of creating an overcomplicated system because data will be and can be bad um mm -hmm. if you do make it too complicated um what one of the things that i do tend to suggest to agencies that are at this initial phase um, that do not have any existing time data or not sure how to go about even estimating how much time things should take is I actually have them think about things as a percentage of a person. So with this mm -hmm. size of project, how many size, how many different projects could this person be able to manage at, at, at full billable time and ideally being under 80% utilized? What, what are your thoughts on that sort of tactic in percentage of time versus trying to make up a number of hours when you have no information to back that up. Yeah, I think it's a great way to do it. And it's very consistent with this um, resource planning model. I think the viability of that strategy decreases the more projects somebody might be um, switching context on from day to day. But if you're setting your agency up to have low, what I call client dilution, um, and this does affect utilization rates and productivity. When you have a single person trying to you know, run eight, nine projects at a time, that absolutely kills their productivity. It's, it's not a good way to resource people. So you should be erring towards the side of having fewer projects per person, allocating larger amounts of a person's time to a single client, um, or structuring your work 
such that you can achieve that vertically. So it passes from the design department who get to really sink their teeth in and spend the entire day or the entire week on it. And then it moves to the next phase, right? Like there's different ways to think about achieving that, but I think creating large predictable blocks of focus will make time tracking easier, will make estimating easier. It also just way easier for operations. Like how much easier it is, is it for us to model okay, these people are paid for for a week. We've priced it this way. They're paid for for a week. We're going to resource them for a week. And then we can just kind of get a little bit of subjective feedback on like, oh, we finished this on Thursday instead of Friday. Okay, so we were slightly more efficient. That's a data point. We capture that. We move on. Like how much easier is that for everyone and for the whole operation if you can get there? Um, so I love that approach. And I think it's a good forcing function for people to be thinking about how do we structure our business, our operations, and our teams to decrease client dilution which I think is ultimately just a great thing for all the stakeholders involved. I mean, you just said something that I think is so incredibly important. And the number one reason that I hear from agencies as to why they don't track time is that they're working <laughs> on too many things at a given time. And yeah. I'm like, then change that. I mean, that makes you so incredibly unproductive. We know scientifically that we cannot multitask and yet we still try to do it every single day. And it makes your team, it makes you less productive. And if that is the number one reason why you're not tracking time, then that tells you that you have to make adjustments even more so. And that actually going through the exercise of starting to track time even has you start thinking about the way that your, your day flows and your focus time completely different and even helps you in that particular area. Yeah, that's a great insight. Um, and the thing I'll say is that if, if for some reason your the way that your product is structured your team is structured just absolutely requires you to be splitting your time then i would really encourage you to look for a way to embed time tracking directly in the project management tool that's probably going to be the best way to achieve that level of complexity without making time tracking completely unbearable for your team 100 mm percent. -hmm. so you piqued my interest earlier about this flywheel you want to tell me a little bit about it and why it's important yeah, I'm, well, uh, we've kind of gone through it, it, but to us, it's that's the way that we create scalability and profitability in an agency. It's about creating two sets of feedback loops. The first is data, and I know you talk about this um, a lot on your show, and you're, you've come on our show and talked about this. The importance of data is paramount to just being able to make uh, decisions in a way that gives you comfort, that gives you confidence, and that takes the conversation, especially when you're bringing your team into it, it becomes a cross-functional conversation, away from arguments about what happened and shifts the entire focus to a collaboration about what we do about it. Because there's no argument about what happened. It's right here on the paper, we can all look at it, and we've all contributed data to this answer of what happened. So the first is creating that feedback loop of data, make sure your estimates are structured consistently, they're captured somewhere, and then what actually happened is structured consistently, is captured somewhere. That should lead into your KPIs. I look at your KPIs as being four key things. Number one, estimates versus actuals, which we've just talked about. Number two, your financial metrics. So this is generally gonna be how much revenue did we make? How much of that actually belonged to us? I call this AGI. What was our margin on that revenue? And then are we spending on overhead appropriately? What's our net look like? Is that all healthy? Is it checking out? And then we have two core operational metrics, which is average billable rate and utilization. So are we earning revenue efficiently? Are we leveraging the capacity that we have effectively to earn revenue for the business? Have a cadence to look at that stuff. Have a cadence to discuss it with the team. Why? Things are going better or worse than we planned. And then finally, make in improvements to process based on what you discover in that conversation. So data feedback and then people feedback on the back end. Those two things are installed and happening consistently. 
and ideally tied to the rhythm of a project so that every time you do a project, that cycle happens and your business gets a little bit better. And if we install it in the DNA of the business, then really when you think about it, that doesn't rely on an owner, doesn't rely on anyone in particular. Anyone can facilitate that process and the business can tune itself and it can engage um, the team in making it better. It can get them involved, give them some sense of ownership and control over their fate. Um, and the biggest benefit to them is going to be if we resource things well, if we estimate things well, then the likelihood that I've got to stay late on a Friday because we underestimated this project, but we still got to get it done for the deadline, it's a lot lower. And that's critically important, I think, to them. And then the bonus, of course, to you is you make more money, but that also benefits your team because you don't have to lay people off every time you miss a big deal that you were kind of banking the next week's payroll on or something like that, which, you know, we've we've all been in that situation, but if we have lots of profit, then we're less likely to be in that position. So everyone's going to be benefited by that four-step flywheel. That's my take. You were just like, I feel like speaking directly to my accountant entrepreneur soul right there. So <laughs> I think just so many nuggets of just like phenomenal information in there. So Marcel, so that listeners would be able to find you and get help and want to get some more information on this. Where do they find you? And I also know that you're offering the agency profitability toolkit to listeners. So if you want to share what that is and where they can find it. For sure. Yeah. So if you've listened to this and maybe you're driving or you're on the treadmill and you haven't had a chance to take some notes, make sure you go check out the agency profitability toolkit. You can find that at paraketo.com forward slash toolkit. And uh, hopefully, Robert, we can include that in the show notes somewhere. That is a resource that I put together to help listeners like you install what I've just talked about, that four-step flywheel without buying any software, hiring anyone. It has instructional videos, templates, spreadsheets, cheat sheets, all of that stuff, everything you need to get that going. And it's absolutely free. I will spam you with emails afterwards. You can just unsubscribe if you don't like them, but I talk about agency profitability, so hopefully it's relevant and helpful. Um, we also have a podcast. If you're into podcasts, the Agency Profit Podcast, and Robert was recently a guest, and we had a great episode together, and lots of other experts like Robert coming on the show to share their perspective on operations and all the stuff that happens after the sale in an agency. And finally, paraketo.com uh, and LinkedIn if you want to connect directly with me and talk about how we might be able to help you improve this aspect of your business. Awesome. That sounds like such a phenomenal toolkit and creates so much impact. So definitely go check it out, everyone. And thanks so much for spending the time with me today, Marcel, and sharing with everyone. Thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what am I going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during 
calls, thinking, oh my gosh, I, I gotta sell, I gotta sell, I gotta sell, because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to one million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Thank you.